Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and I have Charity Rios with me here today. So thank you for joining me. Hi. So great to yeah, have you. Yeah, thank you for having me, Ashley. Yes. Just for my listeners who don't know, she's an author that lives in Texas, um, has written this really amazing children's book that um, I have a copy of here, My Heart's Garden. And we spent some time, our family, reading this together. And so I'm so excited to hear more about what led you to writing this, your journey yeah. through it, what it means means for you and children. And so we're going to jump into all that. But before we do, tell us about you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ashley. Um, I am a boy mama. I have four boys that are ages seven, five, three, and one. <laughs> it's actually why I'm in my car because the two littlest ones are at home with a babysitter. And I was like, I just got to escape to my car because wherever I go, they will find me there. <laughs> They're at those like really sweet ages where they just love their mama. Um, and I'm married to a wonderful man. His name is Renee. And um, I love Jesus with my whole heart. I'm a Jesus follower, has my whole heart. And um, I've also recently started coaching other children's book aspiring authors. So that's kind of a new um, venture that I'm on, which is exciting. That is so cool. So do you have aspirations of writing more books or is it more moving into the coaching of other authors? Well, I would love to do both. Um, mm -hmm. I really just like the Lord has really put it on my heart that children's books are a way that we can really connect with and engage children's hearts. And it can really open up deeper conversations um, about their lives and about spiritual development and growth, things that we want to teach them and disciple them in as parents. And so I have I have a couple of topics that I would like to see um, written about in children's literature, but I also am really passionate about empowering other future authors because I know what that feels like to be like, I have this idea, but how do I make that happen? And I'm overwhelmed by life. And so um, I really just like believe that God is releasing just some really powerful children's books into the world right now for such a time as this. And so I don't think those are all going to be mine. You know, I think that they are obviously going to be other people. So I've, I kind of want to just be able to do both. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. So I have two girls and a boy age one, three and five. So I just don't have the seven year old. Mm -hmm. and I have two girls. Right. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, but, you, under, you understand the crazy life. Yes. <laughs> I'm so curious, you know, as I was reading this book, did you write it in mind with your five and seven year old? Because of course I read it to my three and five year old. Right. And, right. you know, they're not in a school setting, which is what, you know, the little boy's eye is being made fun of at school or. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. I mean, they're in preschool, but I don't yeah. know that that's, and maybe it is happening and I'm not quite as aware, but I was curious who you were writing to what age group. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I would say the target audience would be more that like kindergarten through fourth grade. Um, you know, Zion in the story, he goes through a really difficult experience of being bullied at school, which fortunately, actually my children haven't experienced being bullied at school. That's, but my kids just like, you know, any other child have experienced disappointments and hard things in life. And I really wrote it because what I've 
I noticed like in my own life as an adult, as I started addressing pain in my own life, um, is that a lot of lies get rooted in when we're children and we have something hard happen. You know, um, I remember, you know, just hard interactions with other kids as a child. And those like, those like things wounded me. And, uh, you know, and looking back on it, the Holy Spirit showed me that I, I started believing lies because of like some lies that people like other kids had spoken to me, you know? And so I wouldn't say that I was like per se bullied, but you know, we've all had those experiences as kids where other kids say things that are unkind or teachers, you know, or just hard things happen in life. It might be a move that happens, you know, it might be the loss of a pet even, you know, that's been something that's been really challenging for one of my kids. It might be the loss of a grandparent um, or they might be a child that's gone through some significant trauma. And in those places of wounding is really where the enemy loves to come into those tender places and start feeding lies, you know? And so I use the example of in the book of the little boy Zion being bullied. And because of those bullies words, he starts believing lies about himself. But I really think it can happen, you know, any in so many different situations, you know, and I think a lot of that starts to kind of happen at that, you know, a lot of times when they're younger before school, we kind of can like protect them and shelter them, hopefully. But then when, you know, they start getting to school, they can start just experiencing disappointments or not making the team even, you know, or my boys play soccer and there's already been some hard things that I've had to you know, like help them flesh out in their heart with God disappointments that have happened in, in soccer, you know? And so that's kind of the ideal age range, but yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes, that definitely does. Mm -hmm. And I guess so many other questions, but um, when you wrote this, what, I guess, what prompted you, like you said, there's lots of other topics that I want to yes. hear about that you are mm -hmm. interested in seeing in children's literature, but what specifically led you to write this? Cause that's, I mean, we can all have an idea. That's a good book idea. Right. Right. That. right. But to actually do it, publish it, print it and all that's one mm -hmm. other story. It is. Yeah. It's a whole, a whole big undertaking. Definitely have to feel like God is calling you to do it because it's, it's hard. It's so good, but it's hard. So for me, I went through a really significant traumatic loss about 11 years ago. Um, my father passing away and, um, you know, as like anyone can imagine at the time I was in my mid twenties, but whether you're in your mid twenties, whether you're in your forties, you know, whether you're in your sixties, like losing your father is a very hard loss to walk through. And, um, God just in his kindness and mercy to me, he, um, led me to something at my church that was called prayer ministry as a part of my healing journey. And, um, in prayer ministry, what someone does is they simply walk you through a conversation with God, um, addressing like pain points in your life. Like you might be working through something really significant, like grief, like the loss of a parent, you know, um, or it might just be like places where you're feeling blocked, like that you're not hearing from God trauma that you've gone through in the past that you're wanting to work through. And so it can really be for any of those things. Um, but basically in these really powerful prayer ministry sessions I had, I received a lot of healing from God, like really felt like I received understanding God, who he is as my perfect father, how he covers me perfectly as a father fills in those gaps is, is with us in our sorrow and grief. And, and at the end of prayer ministry, they actually hand you this little form and it says tending your heart. And what it basically is teaching you how to do is in your own time with God, um, learning how to recognize any, um, I like to call them heart flags, like any place in your heart, um, that's having a hard time. So it might be like, I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling 
lust. I am, I'm having grief that's coming up over and over again. I'm having disappointment. Like, um, it might be, you recognize lies that you're believing about yourself or other people, or I'm having this, I can't hear from God. I want to hear from him. I can't hear from him. And so when we have what I call heart flags come up, it's just like our heart saying, Hey, Hey, I need attention here. There's something here that needs to be dealt with. And it's okay to have those. Um, we don't have to feel shame about having those. We just have to know how to work through them with God. And so when we recognize those things, basically the process of tending your hearts walks you through recognizing what those heart flags are and then asking God, like, God, is there any lie that I'm believing because of this? Like, where is this coming from? And is there a lie attached to it? And usually, like I was mentioning before, there is like some kind of trauma, pain, disappointment. It doesn't have to be a high level trauma, like losing a parent. It can be something simple that happened to you as a child, like being disappointment, disappointed you didn't make the basketball team. I mean, it can be something that seems little, you know, but like in that place of, of grief and loss, the enemy loves to come in and speak lies. And so you get to ask God, like, God, are there any lies that I'm believing? When did I start believing those lies? And then repent to him, say, I'm sorry for believing those lies. Um, that's the next step is repentance. And then the next step, they're all ours for ours, which makes it helpful. Um, and then the next step is just receiving his truth. And so you just say, God, what truth do you have for me in exchange for this lie? And that's actually the process that Zion goes through in this story, um, with the father gardener who represents our father God. And so you get to, you know, ask God, whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, I've done this so many times in my own heart with God, God, what is the truth that you have for me in exchange for the lies I've been believing? And God is always wanting to speak to us. It might be in his word. He's always, it's always available in his word. It might be through his Holy spirit, just a specific word he gives to us. Um, and then you get to receive that truth. And then the last step is another R it's just rejoice. You get to rejoice in that truth. And so I took that little paper (laughs) and for about eight years, I did that just like over and over again in my heart with God when I would feel grief about my, my dad passing away. And then I started realizing like, wow, there's other lies that I'm believing attached to other hard things that are happening in life, just like we all walk through um, pain and disappointment. And so I like that process really changed my whole life. I realized like, wow, I followed God a long time. I love him, but I've been believing a lot of lies about myself and about God and about other people. And it's actually impacting my life. Um, I'm not experiencing that abundant life that God has for us. And so to make a very long story short, I basically one night was nursing my third son and I just thought, wow, I would love my boys to learn how to tend their heart from a very young age so that they don't have to be an adult learning how to do this. Like, because we all know when we learn how to do stuff as a kid, it's so much easier. Learn to ride a bike. You learn to read. You learn to ride as a kid. Like it's just second nature. And I was like, I feel like God wants us to be second nature in our hearts with him where we're just constantly tending our hearts. We're uprooting those lies that the enemy has put in there. We're recognizing them and we're receiving his truth over and over again. And um, so I was like, man, I don't know of a kid's book that does that, but that would be cool if there was one. And then almost immediately in my mind, I had some of the rhyming phrases that are actually in the book just come into my mind. And that's really just how it started. It was a moment where I was like, wow, I think God is doing something here. And I want to be like obedient to, to see this dream, like really of his, you know, like come forth. I just feel like I'm like a vessel that's 
bringing forth the message. So cool. And then, so for your five and seven-year-old, are they in public school, homeschool, Christian school? What are they doing? They are in a um, Christian school that's like a hybrid model. It's a really unique model. They actually go three days on campus and then two days homeschooled. So the university so, model. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know about it. Most yes. people don't. <laughs> that's what I'm planning for our five-year-old next year to do university model here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. It's great. It's a lot of work as the parent, but it's good. <laughs> Rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think the reason I asked that is just because, you know, I grew up um, in a public school and can imagine just how helpful this would be, yeah. but even more, you know, even so in a Christian school or, you know, homeschool or whatever, like teaching our kids this because we can shelter them as much as we want, but at the end of the day, they've got to learn these skills Mm -hmm. for them as they grow older and come outside of some of these circles of influence that we're trying to protect them in. Right. Um, So I love that. My other thought was, is Zion and Granny fictional people or are those real people that you had in mind? Well, I mean, it's hard to like, they're not, they're not specific real people, but of course, as I was writing it, like writing about a little boy, of course, I was thinking about my own boys. I mean, how could I not, right? <laughs> well, boy mama of four. And there's like even a scene where Zion's like riding in his bike and there's like dirt going everywhere. And I remember like telling my illustrator, I was like, like at first it was like a picture of him with just like riding a bike. And I was like, let's make dirt everywhere you know and because I was like that's what boy that's what my boys love to do they love to ride their bike through the dirt and I should I remember showing my boys that picture when I first got it and they were like oh it's so cool you know and I was like yes I'm on the right track here (laughs) or my illustrator my beautiful illustrator Anna Brennan was on the right track there um and so there certainly like there are just like so many elements of my like boys and how I kind of like think of about them responding and different things um, and just being kids, you know, that are, that are in the book for sure. And there's, there's a line about like how father Gardner loves like his wild streak. And Mm -hmm. um, I, when I wrote that line, I was definitely thinking about one of my boys that definitely has a wild streak. And um, you know, I just want to like celebrate that wild streak that God has put in him because it's, it's beautiful and wonderful and God's going to use it for his glory. But I was definitely thinking about him. I was like, yep. Got one of those wild ones. Yep. <laughs> yes, I do too. My, my <laughs> boy, he's, he's wild. Yeah. So I, I mean, a lot of the things that you talk about in it are, you know, these topics that maybe we don't even think of as parents to deal with, with littles and right. maybe think it comes in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Cause maybe our memory doesn't go back as far as, Mm -hmm. you know, being young. But I mean, the topics you're talking about are big, heavy, significant topics that have probably shaped all of us, whether that's anxiety, anger, insecurity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess in my mind, I think of those coming more later in life. Yeah. Right. Or at least through their adolescence. Um, But maybe speak to that a little bit more Mm -hmm. of how you that impacting these little kids. I mean, you yeah. said, you know, you really wrote for the elementary school. Yes. You know, yes. So maybe share a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. I have a, a great example of just like my own life with my kids, if I can share that. Um, my son, my oldest son, who's seven last spring, he was doing soccer and soccer is his thing. He loves it. Was so excited to get back out there after the pandemic, you know, had closed everything down and 
you know, so at the time he's actually only six, but so we're like starting off spring soccer. He loves it. He's one of those kids. He's like in it, you know? And, um, I think they had only had one practice or something and he was at school, jumped off the playground and fractured his arm. And, you know, anyway, classic boy moment, like, <laughs> but the other, but my friend was doing it. He was fine. You know, it was just one of those. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And so poor guy, he has fracture. His, his arm is in a sling. And, um, we're like, well, you know, the doctor was like, well, you know, maybe he can do some soccer practice. Cause you know, soccer's with your feet. And I was just like, Oh my goodness, making me so nervous, but we'll just go to the soccer practice, kind of see what his coaches think. And cause he's like, Oh, so excited about this. And so, you know, immediately worried about soccer. Can I play soccer? Can I play soccer? Mm-hmm. So we get there and the coach is like, okay, he can, you know, do some practice, some drills. He's doing that. And then they're doing a scrimmage and the coach is like, I don't feel comfortable with him scrimmaging mm-hmm. right now. And I was like, yeah, I understand. So he like has to come to the sidelines he's bawling. I mean, he's like hysterical, you know, like, I mean, honestly, praise God. He hasn't been through really hard things in his life. This honestly for him as a six-year-old was the hardest thing that he'd ever gone through. Like just like Mm -hmm. him imagining the loss of this soccer season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a parent, I think we have a really unique and important opportunity to be on the offensive in our kids' lives and see these moments where it's like, you know, we know in the grand scheme of life, there's going to be harder things that happen. But in our children's little hearts, these things are big deals. And we want to teach our kids how to go to God in those places that are painful and disappointment when we can be there with them, fostering those conversations, speaking truth, encouraging them so that they're learning how to do that when they walk through the bigger disappointments of life. They already had those skills. And so we got home. He's like still crying. And I know you showed a picture of the book, but I wanted to show a picture of the workbook because sorry, it doesn't normally have the line through it. It's my author because I just sold my one that I had at my house. But um, basically I, I also made a workbook that goes with the picture book and that's for, you know, elementary kids that can write and things like that. And I was like, Hey, let's, let's go through a page of this workbook. And basically the workbook just like, has you ask God the same questions I was talking about that you can ask God as an adult, just like, Hey, what am I disappointed about? And so, I mean, he's six, can't really write very much. So he like drew a picture of like the soccer, you know, like he's disappointed. He might not be able to play his soccer games. And I was like, okay, buddy, like, let's ask God, like, God, what do you have for me instead of this disappointment, you know? And he was like saying some like really intense things, you know, like he was just like, this is the worst thing ever. My life is horrible, you know? And like, so it's like kind of shocking, you know, when you're like, I've never said that to you. We're also very careful about the media you use, but like, it's just like, wow, I could see the enemy just like coming into that place already. And like, him like beginning to believe this narrative that his life was horrible, you know? And I was like, Oh no, 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 we got to stop that now. You know, like, um, but we have to stop those things, but we have to be kind and considerate Mm -hmm. and, and aware that like, this is a really vulnerable place. And so we don't want to just like brush these things off and be like, Oh, it's not a big deal. Life will be a disappointing, you know, like we want to teach our kids how to go into those painful places and know that they can go to God with them and, and receive everything they need. And so it's like, let's ask God, buddy, what do you have for me instead of my disappointment? And, and he, at first he was like, I don't want to ask God. I don't want to ask God. And I was like, yeah, I, I get that. You know? And I think it's really important for us as parents to like relate. And, and I just said, buddy, there's been times when mommy has felt mad at God. I felt disappointed, but like, we have to go to him because 
he has everything that we need. He has what you need right now. Like, let's, let's just ask him. And so he did, he asked God and he was pretty quiet. And whenever I have my kids ask God a question, and that's actually just, it's just, I was having him go through questions in the workbook, um, but talking him through it. And, um, you know, whenever I have my kids ask God questions, I always like also ask God the same question because our kids are learning how to hear from God and they might be like, I don't hear anything. And that's, you know, we want to normalize that and be like, that's okay. I'm still learning how to hear God's voice. But, Mm -hmm. and if you don't hear anything as a parent, that's okay too. You know, we can always go to God's word and his word is living and active. It's always speaking Mm -hmm. truth and we can like receive truth from there. And so I said, okay, well, Betty, what did, what did you hear? And, and he said, joy, he said, God has joy for me. And I was like, Oh, like I'm going to cry, you know? And like, even just like when he said it, like I could see like his countenance change. I could see, like feel like even the heaviness in the room lift. And I wished that I like had the picture to show you, but in his little workbook, it says like, God, what do you have for me instead of, you know, like what I'm giving you. And he wrote joy, but like his J was backwards because he's like, you know, learning how to write. And it was just like, it was beautiful. I mean, I was like, you know, he does. That guy's a guy, you know. And um, the the fun part about that story is that, like, I feel like God really like used it in His life to really know how to go to the Father, um, our perfect Father God, when we have disappointment and receive something better. And then, like, after a little bit of time, His doctor actually approved him to be able to play soccer. Wow. And so it was cool. Like he got to he got to finish out the season and even like score goals, you know, with his swing off. Wow. Um, but I was like thankful that, you know, in that moment, honestly, I was just kind of like, we always have those moments where you're like, just, I just kind of want you to like chill out, you know, like yeah. this is a big deal. But I really felt the Holy Spirit was like, you need to like not say that mm-hmm. and, and take time to address this with me. Because it's like you're saying, like, we might not remember those little moments as an adult looking back, but like they do impact us. Mm-hmm. And if we start like uncovering some of the, this junk in our own lives, like the Holy Spirit, he has revealed to me and he will reveal to everyone, like how we started believing lies as children, you know, in different places that were hard. And I, I feel so convicted and compassionate for my oldest who's five now just thinking how many times something seems just so heartbreaking to her. And in yeah. our adult minds, it's like, that is nothing. Right, right. Even what I've dealt with today, you know, or yeah, um, right. my prideful response. And just like how you're saying, like to not undermine what they feel, not to mm-hmm. undermine what they're experiencing. You know, if it's whatever it's a loss of to get, you know, to get to go to a friend's house or having a grandparent right. over and that's been changed and now they're really mm-hmm. upset. But mm-hmm. like using that time that moment when they're vulnerable, they're tender to walk them through that. Like, I think that's just such a, an amazing gift and skill and gift, you know, we can give our kids that, yeah. or, cause I think I don't want her to be in pain so I can talk her out of it in my mind. Right. Like, right. This is a big deal. We'll yes. see them next week. Yes. We can do something else instead. So yeah. it's like, I'm taking this opportunity and I'm washing it away because mm-hmm. out of, you know, I don't want her to be in pain. So right, I want it to right. be away. Instead, like pressing into the pain, yes. asking questions, asking her to 
talk to God about it. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I'm right there with you, you know, like that was a moment where it was like, oh, wow, I need to be doing this so much more, you know, (laughs) because like I had listened to the Holy Spirit and done it. And I was like, wow, it was so much fruit. But I'm, if anybody knows anything about the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram seven, which is like a fun person that likes to avoid pain. And so, you know, I'm, I'm like all the time, just like, well, let's go get ice cream. It'll be fine. You know, like, I mean, that's kind of like, just like my go-to like, Mm -hmm. ah, well, we'll go to the park, you know, but, um, it's like, you're saying, you know, like, and God help all of us that are parents, because wow, we just, it's hard. It's very hard, you know, like to know what to do. And, um, you know, I think there are moments where, you know, we just kind of like, we're like, okay, well, let's, let's do this instead. And it will be fine, you know, but I also do think there are those, like a lot of moments that I know I have missed and I'm like trying to like, just be more cognizant of. And also i personally, I just get in a hurry. I want to move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, Lord, give me patience. I need patience to like, just be like, I'm going to sit down and try to have this conversation. Even if the three and one year old are screaming the whole time, we're going to try because like you're saying, it's like, if our kids learn how to do it now, it's just, I feel like it's like building a spiritual muscle. It's like, it really is a spiritual discipline to tend your heart. And so when you do it, over and over again, it just becomes mm-hmm. a lot easier. And yeah. I just want all of our kids to be able to do it as adults, just like while they're doing dishes or driving, you know, because they've yeah. done it so many times over and over again. And they've learned when I'm in pain, I don't go to ice cream, you know, like in the story, mm-hmm. the little boy tries to like eat, he, he pulls his sister's hair, you know, like he tries to buy a bunch of toys and he mm-hmm. tries all of those things to mask his pain. Just like, honestly, we do as adults yeah. in different ways. You know, I'm like, I want to mask my pain with chocolate, you know, um, yeah. it's real. And so like, instead of like, you know, teaching our kids to be like, oh, I don't have to do that to mask my pain, you know, or media, you know, I even see that in my kids, like something hard happens and they're like, I want to watch a show. And I'm like, okay, shows are fine, but we can't just like go to a show when life is hard, you know? Right. So yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing I would add to your list, because I'm an Enneagram three is like in the midst of pain or if Ellie's hurting, it's like, I want to go do some things mm. like pull up your bootstraps and let's go yeah. organize your toy bin uh, or uh-huh. check out to-do list. So right. I did love that page in your book where it's like the little boys going to get buy toys and going to the refrigerator. And I mean, part of me like was like, can my daughter, does she do this already? Cause I know I do it. Right. I things, you know, retail therapy and mm-hmm. food therapy, but there's a little kid. And I don't know, just like you said, I, I see that just desire to quickly um, distract and yes. zone out by watching a show that yeah. they, they go to. I mean, that's a really right. quick thing or a sugary treat of sorts. So teaching them now that those are okay, but those shouldn't be our only coping yeah. strategies of life and making right. sure that yeah, we're leaning into what is that feeling? Like you said, that heart flag that's waving, like I need attention. Like, mm-hmm. cause I think if we don't like, then it's going to pop up later with right worse consequences than right. as a little that can, you know, try and hopefully work through it and not believe the lies and not mm-hmm. get into that thought process. That's just stuck, you know, yeah. 30 years later and we're still right. believing that lie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we close, I just maybe have a couple questions you can choose. Um, like, what is your hope for this book? I think I know what that is, but I want to hear if there's anything additional or any practical tips that you would recommend to all of us moms that are out there, boys or girls that are just mm-hmm. trying to get our kids to love Jesus and yes. 
you know, fight these lies sooner rather than later. Yes. Yeah. Well, I just encourage any mom that is listening to this or even a grandparent, you're a teacher, you're a counselor, you know, anyone that has influence in the lives of your kids that you might be like, you know, some like light bulbs are going off right now. And you're like, yeah, I I do want to address that with my kids. I want to be on the offensive with them. But like, I, you know, this feels overwhelming. How can I do this? Like, I didn't write this book. I can't do this. And I want to encourage you that that is a lie. You can lead your kids to Jesus in their pain, whether you have this book or not. I'd love for you to get the book. I think it's a helpful tool, but whether you have the book or not, doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus loves your kids so much. Like you love your kids incredibly, but he loves them so much more. He has abundance for them. He has good for them. He says like that we are his sheep and that we can hear his voice. And so I really encourage parents that like God wants to speak to your children. He wants to speak to them through his word. He wants to speak specific things to their heart. And you don't have to be a pastor or have a degree to lead your kids to Jesus. And like, I mean, it can feel scary. It's scary for me. You know, I'm like, I'm having my kids ask God questions. What if they don't hear anything? You know, which totally happens. Mm -hmm. Um, What if like they hear bananas? You know, like, what am I going to do? And like, it's just kind of like, I'm always blown away how God like meets my kids and how it's so much better than if I had stood there giving a lecture about whatever, you know, like, cause I've stood there and been like, well, this and this and this, and it sounds great to me, but it's just not connecting with my kid's heart. And so when we are just like faithful to just say, Hey, I know a good shepherd. I know a perfect father. Mm -hmm. I know the one that has everything that you need and you lead them to him. Like you're going to be blown away by Mm -hmm. the freedom and hope um, and life that comes into your kids' lives because God has good things for your kids and he loves them. He's pursuing them. And sometimes I think he's just like waiting for us as parents to be like, okay, come, you know, guide, guide our kids there. Well, thank you. I love that. I think that's good wisdom encouragement for us. Like God's put us in their lives at this Mm -hmm. season to shepherd them to him. Yes. Draw them to Jesus. Yes. And I think like you alluded to at the beginning, bring it full circle. It's like, we have to be doing this heart work ourselves. And mm-hmm. it's encouraging to hear you say as a seven who generally your ammo is to avoid pain, yeah. but to say, I'm going to double, you know, click on pain, yeah. deal with it so that I can go and live a more fulfilling, healthy, joyous life is mm-hmm. I think, incredible and encouraging. So yeah. How can people get in touch with you or get the book? What's the best way? Yeah. Um, thanks for asking. Um, you can always find me at my website, which is just charityrios.com. The book, My Heart's Garden and the My Heart's Garden Workbook is on Amazon. The book, just the book is on target.com as well, but they don't sell the workbook. And then I'm most active social media wise on Instagram and I am at Clarity with Charity there. So a little bit different, but if you type in Charity Rios, you'll see my face. So yeah, we'd love to connect with anyone, any of those places. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And I hope that we can keep this conversation going and I'm going to continue reading this book to my kids and see what conversations it brings up. But I think you're putting this, what God laid on your heart onto paper so that other moms could hopefully walk their kids through it. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was so fun talking. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. See you everyone. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home, where it all begins.